Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beehive Jive. Um, we are Tracy and Paul, and um, we're beekeeping mates from South London. We get together, record our chats about our adventures in beekeeping and about the adventures of our bees as we keep them. Um, and yeah, so we're here tonight um, at the end of the heat wave in London. Well, it's end of summer, really, isn't it? Tropical heat. I shouldn't <laughs> sing. Ever. Although I did sing choir when I was a little boy. Oh, did you? I did. I looked angelic. Is that why you bought these microphones? Why? To relive my youth. Yeah, but like karaoke style. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Should a video podcast based on the look <laughs> on my face when you ask me that. Well, it's so professional. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I'm, last time we were having a conversation like this in mm -hmm. this time and place, um, we just had that really bad heat wave that went on and on and on, affected my bees really badly. It wasn't a bad heat wave. It was a good, so you're Australian, so it's a bad heat wave. Well, it was a good heat wave for me. I loved it. I'm English, so it was the sun, so I loved it. You loved it, exactly. Yeah. I think my bees in poly hives in full sun all day didn't love it quite so much um i'm really sorry about my croaky voice that's what this country does to you one minute it's really hot and the next you've got a cold <laughs> so. that, that and the ten, <laughs> 10 cigars you smoke every day yeah and the whiskey yeah um <laughs> one of those is true um so yeah no i'm just I, I always comment on the weather i know i do and it probably gets a bit boring but it is it, there's a reason people talk about the weather in this country, I feel. And that is that it's crazy. It's good. It's good. So uh, it's broken now, isn't it? The heat wave's gone and we're into sort of normal September weather. A little bit of rain, a little bit of sun. It's cool. It's cooled down a little bit. It's about, what's it today, 15, 16 degrees. Mm. But they're all out. The bees are out. You came to see my bees today, didn't I did you? come to see your bees. Yeah, they are looking great, I have to say. They were looking lovely. Yeah. Although two They're the best bees you've ever had, I think, since I think, I've known your bees. I, I think they are. I think when you take the lid off, when you take the roof off and they're pouring out the top, you think, oh, that's a, that's a good hive. Although t two of them decided they want to supersede the end of August. Yeah, I know. Daring, daring little, little buggers. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'd do to them. Well, you'd kill no, them. I probably would. Yeah, yeah you'd, you'd no. be there with your bat. Dandelion and a and a hive tool to oh, kill them off. No. They're fine. I've got plenty. Yeah. No. Well, you have got loads of bees, haven't you? I've got bees. Yes. You've got loads of brood. I mean, I know it's I know it's the end of August, but actually, I think it feels later than that in terms of where the bees are at mm. and where local forage is at. So actually, for you know if. If we pretended it was mid-September, for example, that would still be a lot of brood for mid-September. Yeah, so, they're still laying. I mean, there's still eggs everywhere. I'm, I'm jealous, actually. Why? Uh, that, the brood patterns are absolutely beautiful. Solid, weren't they? Really, really lovely. See? And they're all my it's own queens. They're all the queens I raised this year. Yeah. You you, you created those. But do you feel like God? Well, I, I always feel like God. <laughs> well, I can see why. I mean... <laughs> Oh dear. No. Do I feel like God? No, I, I just, I just, uh, I feel very, very satisfied that I set out at the beginning of the year to raise. The goal was to get 
uh, my objective is that I've got no queen in any of my hives that's more than, this sounds terrible, more than 15 months old. So this constantly nice new queens. Yeah. And the ones that are older are doing things that aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're fueling, uh, mating nukes. They're just doing stuff that doesn't rely on them generating an entire colony. Mm-hmm. And apart from one hive, I've pretty much done that. Mm-hmm. And you can tell they're, they're just going gangbusters. They are. So I've fed them pollen as well now, so they're really going to go gangbusters. I've just got to make sure they've got enough food. Yeah. But that's easy. You can feed them over winter if you need to. Yeah, I'll just give them an extra pollen because I kind of want to get those clusters built up for the winter. So they've, mm. they've had their varroa treatments. They're all kind of very, very low levels, zero or one might. Um, giving them some pollen sub just to give them that pollen boost. The ivy flow hasn't happened yet, so I'm going to feed, mm. them, feed them a bit. So I'm hoping to kind of mm. get them through, to get that cluster as big as it can go going into winter with enough food to carry it through. You're going to have big clusters. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, all of that brood is going to hatch in time for winter. So those of your winter bees, I'm really sorry, I'm about to cough. Go on in, cough. Can I turn my head away? <coughs> I'll just get a strap. So you're going to cough a lot in this podcast, aren't you? <coughs> I am. I, I mean. Okay. I'll make a note. Add elevator music when <laughs> Tracy coughs. No, Tijuana Brass, please. Tijuana Brass, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Okay. That you sounds fine. good, doesn't it? <laughs> you were funny. <fine. laughs> you were seeing. So we went we went to see up my bees. So we go and see each other's bees and then we stopped off at a, a local kind of calf to have egg and chips and bacon Yum, and that stuff. Was nice. And uh Miss Tracy swinging co- swigging cough syrup out <laughs> of the bottle. All she was missing was a dog on a piece of string really. <laughs> No shoes. <laughs> Some kind of mobility aid, <laughs> which I'm practically using anyway. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with my queens. I'm, I'm really happy. And I've got lots of spare nukes. I've got mm. four or five nukes, depending how you count them, uh, that I'm going to use for queen rearing next year. So mm. I, I thought it was good. And I've got weird yellow wax. God, that's, yes, that is really interesting. So where your bees are, there's a big lake, isn't there? Yeah. And it's got lots and lots of yellow. Are they like lilies or do, are they around the edge? They're like bright yellow flowers the size of your palm. I wonder what they are. I don't know, but the bees love them. Because I, I wondered if there might be marsh marigolds because I've got some in my scratchy little pond in the back garden and the bees are it's like, a, they're like magnets. Your dog bath. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, she doesn't like the water though, so we, if only. Um, so their pollen is really, really bright. And I wondered if it was, a, I've only seen them from a distance when you had that, your picturesque hive set up yeah. under the tree that was a million miles away from. That's why I moved it because yeah. it was a march. Beautiful over there though. Yes, yeah, very nice. Mm. Yeah, so my, my, my wax is bright, bright yellow. Yeah, and the cappings. Yeah, the ca- <laughs> it shows how much pollen they put in the wax. It's just, a, it's amazing it it i've never seen anything like it so i'd love to find out what they are should take a photo i'll ask the farmer he'll know he knows all the plants he knows yeah yeah he knows everything doesn't he about cow sheep and farms yes yeah 
Yeah. Yes. It's a good guy. So, yeah, so I, I came to your, see your bees. You did. I actually can't remember anything about that day. I don't know why. It was good. So we went through all the hives, and the only hive we didn't do was the one oh, you've God. got on uh, Emmy frames. 18 frames <laughs> on in a nuke. So you've got a, a six-frame nuke yeah. with two extenders, and they've... That was the wild, that was, I still can't believe, this is the wild comb. <laughs> so when I first it's really inspected your it's really bees when you were on one leg, mm. there was one box where you just put the swarm in there with like two frames of foundation or something, and they just built out the whole box. I, I only had super frames, so I that just chucked it. them all in there. So yeah. they built out the whole box with frames. So we put a box, a, a, well, I put another box on top yep. with frames in it. Yeah hoping they would build those out normally and then go up. And since then, you put another box on there. Mm. Because I I just, well, look, they're not, I don't think they're the nicest bees and I don't know anything about they them. They filled every inch of that box with them. I know, it's really even, heavy. Even the I internal feeders. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. So we got to that one and we opened it up, didn't we? And they were a bit miserable. I said to you, do you really think I should put, should I put these in a nice clean box before winter or should I just leave them? And you're like, leave them, just leave them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, thank God you said that because I think that could have gone It would horrible. Yeah. Smoke was running low on fuel. Oh, exactly. It would have been a always disaster. the sign. Yeah. This, I think everyone should take the smoker as the sign about whether to quit or continue. It's God telling you not, not to do it. <laughs> yeah. But yours, yours, are, yours are all uh, healthy. They're going. all healthy. Um, marked a few. Yeah, marked a few queens. I guess, I mean, it's been a disappointing year for me um, because, well, this was my, my biggest learning, is that because my bees have been there on that lavender for five years, I thought I knew everything about the flow, when it would start, when it would end. And, you know, you reduce your inspections, don't you, once the flow starts. But, of course... It ended much earlier than it normally does. So that was me assuming that, um, oh, yeah, you know, the, the bees are still bringing in nectar and honey is still being made, etc. And it wasn't. There was nothing coming in. And I went up there one day and I, I took off some supers, you know, bracing myself for their weight. And they were light and they just flew off. I mean, they were so light. And I, you know, went around ringing all local beekeepers. Everyone was saying the flow was over the first week in July, which is a disaster for me because when my bees are, there's nothing else in the summer. Lavender is their, their crop. So, well, it's my, my crop. So, I mean, I could have moved them somewhere else if I'd thought about it and got organised. But um, so not good honey for me this year, about half of what I've got in previous years. Um, but having said that, I did actually achieve all the goals. Oh, let's go through our goals. Mm. We said, things you said we would do and said, things you said we'd like to do but probably wouldn't. You have as well. I know. I remember yours, you saying. Yeah, but you're really smug about yours. Well, of course <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay. I've said I wanted a second. Oh, God, I'm really sorry about all this chewing and everything. It's all right. You've got a cold. It's fine. I said I would set up a second apiary, and I did. Poo farm. Poo farm with Thames water. Brilliant. Love it. Has been. I've loved every minute of it. Okay. I said I would keep hive records. I did. Ooh. 
which drives me crazy. Um, I said I would monitor my Vrua work really, really carefully, and I have using sugar rolling, sugar rolling, rolls, rolling, rolling. Absolutely brilliant. So see, that's a new thing I learned this year. I've never done that before. Um, and I wanted to set up the Bee Safari program. <laughs> Makes it sound a bit more grandiose than it is. Um, but I've had a great, great time having, you know, really interested, engaged, informed people coming around, looking at my bees, tasting honey, all that kind of stuff. So I think those, I think record keeping was the thing that I said I probably wouldn't do, but I did do it. So you see, aren't I great, Paul? You're amazing, Thank Tracy. you. Validate. Thank gold, you. Gold star. Thanks. Excellent. I'll, I'll put it on your school book. Thank you. So anyway, how many bee safaris have you done now? I've done 13. How many people? 51. 51. Who's your favourite person to go on the bee safari? Okay. My favourite, well, I've got two two favourites. Okay. Two little girls. A shout out to Jade and a um, shout out to Juji. So um, Jade, gorgeous seven-year-old, lovely child from Hong Kong. Juji is from Hawaii. They came, they did the bee safaris. They were so informed. You're so international. <laughs> Tracy International. Um, they were so, so informed about bees. They got exactly what was going on. I gave them the presentation that I give to adults. They were asking questions. And when we went and saw the bees, mm. in fact, Jade's parents took a little film and sent it back to me. And, you know, there I am with these big frames, big 14 by 12 frames, heaving with bees. And she's just holding her hands out and I give her the frame and she's looking. They're not in the least bit frightened or worried or anything. And you can just see both of them are so smart. They're going to be such high achievers. And I said to them, remember, remember the bees. <laughs> You've got to be the bees friends. Um, it was, it's been great. I've loved it, as you can tell by the no, way I'm no, going no. on about it. It's great. Mm. I was so impressed with those, those two girls. So when, when did you start those? The first one was on the 8th of June. Okay. So next year you're going to start earlier, I guess. Yeah, I will. And I'll um, probably do some more next year. Um, so, but it has been... No, you've really loved it. It's them, been good. Know, yeah. It's been good. And I've got, I think I've got some messages across. I mean, obviously I'm no, I'm not qualified in environmental conservation, but... There's one of those messages include don't smash your uh, <laughs> smoker up when you can't open it. <laughs> Well, I smashed it to get it open and it worked, Paul. So there you, you go. I can't visit your bee. Oh, I knew you were going to mention this. I knew you were going to mention this. I come to visit your bees and I get there and you say, yeah, I use my smoker and it looks like it's been run over by a tractor. And you bought that smoker. Oh, bang my mic. I know. You bought that smoker last year. That's a Dayton smoker. That's a really nice smoker. And you bought it last. Let me stop touching things. You bought it at the honey show and I was really jealous. Oh, that's a nice smoker. I can't, I can't really buy a new smoker. It's not a nice smoker. And you smashed it to pieces. I didn't. Oh, you're such a liar. I, you're an exaggerator. I didn't smash it to pieces. Yeah. I gave it a wrap with my hive tool. No, you didn't. Do you know, it's a stupid design. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say this. The cage on it. Yeah. And it comes halfway up. Right. It comes up just just below where the bellows, the, the top of the bellows are. So when you puff like this, this bit of your hand is on the hot the back, bit the of the back smoker. Of your hand is the smoker. Yeah. Okay. 
I don't think that's a good design. You have smashed it up, though. It does look, it, I didn't smash it, it up. It doesn't look I, like uh, when you watch the Discovery Channel and they lift one of those World War II fighters that crashed and was buried in, in some lock in Scotland. They drag it out and it's, it's all buckled and bent. And that's what, your, that's what your smoker looks like. I didn't smash it up. What happened was it was completely... I had people doing a bee safari with right. me and we were running late and I couldn't get it open and I just went, fuck. So you smashed it up in front of your bee safari? No, I people. turned my back so they couldn't see what I was doing. <laughs> were they all quiet really eerily quiet throughout the presentation they could feel that yeah. <laughs> they did walk very slowly into the bees um that's cardboard you and me both burn cardboard yeah. in our smokers and it generates this kind of black because mine's got the same problem it, it's black mm. sticky tar that does I, I, yeah yeah i think next I, year i'm going to try mm. new sawdust to see okay. what happens yeah, maybe I should. They use that down at the Association Apiary. And I had to tutor down there last weekend, no, weekend before, and I lit a smoker using those wood rabbit things and furry pet things. You know, what's it called? Wood. Oh, bedding. Bedding. That's it. Bedding. Um, like straw, like those wood shavings. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They had those and that did work. Pet bedding. Yeah. Really I think well. I might use that because I had noticed with cardboard, you get lots of smoke. mm but it just generates this black tar that right. sticks inside the... Because mine, today, I took me a couple of minutes to get, get the lid off the smoker. Mm. Well, when I do my exam next year, I'm just going to have to make up an excuse for why it's all bent. Yeah. I'll say I stood on it or something. Yeah. I mean, let, But I did get the long nose pliers and carefully pulled it, you know, where I'd... <laughs> I didn't smash it when I'd bent it in with you, the hive tool. You didn't smash it, but you had to repair it. Oh, that, I had that, to repair it. Is that what you're telling us? <laughs> I tell you what, I will never ever spend seventy pounds on a smoker. Any, I mean, to me, they're like disposable they're objects. I know, and I know it. And I do. I do really look after all my things. You can see my hives; they're all painted and they're all loved and everything. But there's just something about this smoker which has driven me crazy. But anyway, it's it's okay. No, no, I'm I'm really interested in you. We're going to delve deeper <laughs> into your into your smoker habits. But didn't you with your other smoker? Didn't you buy a new smoker because the last one used to throw across the apiary? <laughs> no, it's a lot more complicated than that. I ran over it, <laughs> and then I ran over. I did reverse the Navara <laughs> over it. Did <laughs> you run your pickup over? And then I managed to, you know, with the long nose pliers. <laughs> And then one day it wasn't working and all the smoke was coming out the side. You know how it does out yeah. under the lid rather than the spout. I just thought, oh, so I threw it. <laughs> and that, so that's why I had to buy the Dadent, which I've never thrown. I've never thrown that smoke well, out. you can't now. If you throw it, it's going to fall apart. No, it's so smashed oh, up. You're such an exaggerator. <laughs> I'm so hyped. I'll tell you what I lose. Why? My beekeeping equipment, I, I, let's, let's talk about beekeeping equipment we yeah. don't get on with. No, I don't get on. No, the plastic covers on the top of feeders. Yes. I yeah. lose them all the time. The, like the clear perspex on yes. the top, the nuke feeders, so, yeah. So I've got with the nukes and I've got high top few feeders and I lose them all the time. So you go to my high top feeders and a lot of them have got, I bought a sheet of perspex and I get set up in the shed with a saw, cutting it out to meet the thing. It's all, all ragged and... So now I tape them. When I get them, if I'm a new one, I tape them in because I always lose them all yeah. the time. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good idea. They are easy to lose, aren't they? I lose all the time and you, you can't, can't buy replacements. Them. Yeah, exactly. Mm. 
Mm. Also, I'm too lazy to bring it back from the apiary, so I tend to leave them on top of hives and they get blown off. So I'm walking around that field, like looking for this clear plastic glass in a field for the grass. It's that's not. Smart. That's not possible. No, not for me because I'm functionally blind. <laughs> well, I can see that. <laughs> Although I love those top feeders. They're good, aren't they? They're brilliant. What, for the nukes or for the... For the nukes. Hive top feed, are they millets? I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, the ones you just put in the feed and you just... The miller, the miller feed is for... Yeah, I don't have one. Um, I've only got, you know, buckets. I've got loads. I mean, they're, they're expensive, you know, they're but, really expensive. Yeah, I know, I've, got, I've got six or seven. I think what I would do now, though, is I wouldn't buy the wooden ones. Mm. I'd buy the plastic ones. Because the plastic ones are cheaper and they just last long. I'm, I'm really... I know it sounds terrible, but I'm really in love with plastic. Because, mm. you know, it lasts forever. And then when you throw it away, it kind of kills a baby seal. So it's got a double benefit. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> Better than driving a Navara. No, it's just, um, so these feeders get wet and damp and sugary mm. and just easier to clean. I find it plastic easier to clean. So I just think yeah, as, as they rot, because they just fall apart, because they're made out of plywood as well, which doesn't like to be wet. I mean, as they break down, I'm just going to replace them with the plastic and the feeders because they'll just last forever. Mm. I can mm. clean them much easier. Mm. Anyway, so what did I say I was going to do this this year? I said I was going to do mic counts, and I have. Yep. So I know my mics in my highs are, are nice low levels. Um, I said I was going to raise queens, and uh, I have um, quite well. <laughs> I'm quite happy. I'm quite quite happy myself with that one. I can see you giving yourself little ticks. I'm, tick, I'm ticking. <laughs> you're writing down I'm, little ticks. I'm ticking. Off, well, you can't read. Talking. Can't read my mind, so you don't know what I'm ticking. But um, yeah, so I raise queens. Uh, and I said oh, I want you to stick to a routine because I'm, t- I'm 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 sure I'm the same a lot of beekeepers. You kind of wake up Saturday morning and you think, shall I go and inspect my bees? No. <laughs> yeah, and also I mean you know work I'm gonna, has yeah. its own demands as well. I'm, I'm going to sit and watch the TV. But the answer to that question every Saturday this this week this year has been yes. I've gone down, start, and I've. I've stuck to the routine i've inspected them all i've looked for eggs and done the mic counts and that actually i think that that routine is really now i'm looking back and you know today i went and it's all the height of the apiary is relatively mm. clean mine normally looks like when well, we don't have bears in this country but if we did it would look like my apiary <laughs> so they're clean this year I've, I've taken all the stuff away and it's clean because uh, i learned last year that mice like eating empty polynukes um and that routine, I think, has just paid off. I think. I think you can see it as yeah. soon as you walk in. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I'm going to try and. It's really good. Reward is sticking to a routine. Um, the thing I said I'd probably like to do, but I wouldn't, is uh, beekeeping records, and I haven't. To the point you were there today, and every time you saw the queen, I was writing on the top of the high. Oh, queen scene, Mark. It's a kind of record, isn't it? Yeah, it's a last minute record because I can't, I can't, I don't know which of those queens are marked. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I'm just terrible records. And what I do now is I do everything at the same time. So if I mm. treat one hive, I treat them all. Mm. And that's... So everything's done at the same time. I'm not None of those hives are doing anything. The other ones aren't. Yeah. Unless they're superseding or something. And that's recommended, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that you treat them all at the same time. So everyone can't hop around yeah. between colonies. And with the big tin roofs, if it's if like, not a queen or they're making a new queen, I just put a brick on the roof. So I know mm. that one's... Don't open it. 
but I need I need to improve my uh, record taking. Well, improve. I mean, actually make them. It'd be a good start. Um, I do write on top of the hives. I write notes, mm. but it's not. I couldn't tell you how a hive performed the throughout th- the year. I think the thing is, and I had to really think about this because of doing the exam next year. Um, for me, like having records that you leave at the apiary is pretty useless because when I'm at home, I and I'm planning my next visit. I've got to know what equipment to bring and all that kind of stuff. All right. So unless I keep a separate book and note equipment, I've tried everything, and I have to say, I haven't really found a method that works for me. Um. Yeah. Excuse me a moment. I'm going to have some cough syrup. Go on. Oh, here you go. Because those things don't work. So, so get out of the bottle, Trace. <laughs> it looks really bad, doesn't it? <laughs> it does look really bad. Look, 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 look. <laughs> that is to, that's really awful. What, what make is it? Let's give it a shout out on the podcast. It'll go to literally tens of people. <laughs> Cavonia for dry, tickly cough with some word I don't understand. Linctus. Linctus. Oh, God. That linctus flavour. What's it taste like? I can't describe it. It's like salty licorice with. I don't know if it was licorice. I'd like it, but it's not. It's got all kinds of. It's like the medicine of Nanning McPhee. Oh really? Mm. You, you it's even black. <laughs> you've brought uh, you brought whiskey with you, though, haven't you? I have got whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Good girl. I think I have. It's all right. I've got lots of pots of whiskey in this house. You'll be fine. Oh, in a flask. In a flask. Well, I, I can't walk around with a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, it's true. A handbag, I'm Australian. Yeah. I can do what the hell I like. You've got a handbag. No, no, no. Um, so things I've learned this year, so yeah. my, and our yearly, our random, <laughs> yearly random, is um, I've learned a couple of things. So I've learned, number one, I've learned don't put mating hives on top of the production hives. So during the year, I've been raising queens. I've been raising them in these um, three-frame nukes, which have been really successful. So there's a – you go to our website, there's a review of those nukes. Essentially, it's a polystyrene nuke. Yeah, that was good there. Okay. Two, uh, two split in half, and you can put two three-frame colonies in there. Um, and during sort of June and July um, – <laughs> I, I, I couldn't be bothered to set up another hive stand. So what I used to do is just put those nukes on top of the production hives at 90 degrees to the entrance. And what I realised with the flow on, no problem. They went away, really good mating, great. Um, had some queens in August, did the same thing, put them on there. Uh, and what I've realised is all the bees in the big production colonies, because there's less God, resources, yeah. think, oh, What's this weak hive above me full of yeah. full of honey? And they rob them to pieces. Yeah, the robbing was really bad yeah. this year. So yeah. I, <laughs> I learned that yeah. really what I should do is put the mating hives f- further away from the production hives. Um, when it's a flow on, it doesn't seem to be a problem, but I just want to get in the habit of not, do, not doing that because it seems to be a bad thing. Um, but uh, you're going to need another apiary. For your queen rearing, aren't you? Um, because like you're raising enough 
you're worried I'm just going to run out of forage? No, just just like to keep it all separate, to keep the weaker. I mean, they're not weak, but like your mason nukes, because they're smaller is the right word, away from your your big yeah. colonies. I think it's okay when there's a well. This is my limited experience. They seem to be okay when <coughs> when there's a flow on because right. they're not mm-hmm. competing with each other. The ones in August, it was pretty obvious that all the other bees from the strong colonies found this little weak, leak, you know, mating nukes are weak, and just mobbed them yeah. and robbed them out. So I, I think I'm okay. I just need to learn that. But what that also taught me is how to manage those weak colonies. Mm-hmm. So we, when when they in the end of August, when you're mating these queens, generally they're, they're not. There's a lot of resources to build up, and you have to look after them. And yeah, you're right. At that point. I should have moved them. I should have given them all a frame of capped brood just to boost the population. And I should have really brought them back to my house and put them in my garden mm. where they were away from other big colonies. Mm. And I, I, that's what I've learned. I've learned that you can get queens mated in August where I live, but you've got to baby them. Yeah. It's not as easy. In June or July, you, you put them in a mating and you kind of leave them to their own devices. And you come back in a couple of weeks and I, I had about 70 to 80% success rate just because it's lots great. of, well, it's really dry and hot. So it's perfect yeah. weather for, yeah. for queen rearing. But yeah, August, I had a terrible success rate just because A, I put them on top of production highs and, and B, even when they mated, they just, I wasn't giving them the sort of love and attention mm. they deserve. So next year, if I do that, I'm going to baby them. I'm going to bring them, bring them home. Um, because they're just susceptible to not only being robbed, but we've got a lot of wasps at the moment. The wasps have been really, really bad this year. So much so, this is the first year I've ever put out wasp traps. Yeah. And they're full of wasps. Yeah. There's a wasp, wasp suit. Because where I work, there's, you know, there's that cafe, like catering. I mean, it's just been really bad, the wasps there. Um, and end up at my apiary. Just like plague, you can't, you just can't open the hive. I mean, this is this is part of the reason I looked at my records. I hadn't opened some of my colonies for kind of three, nearly four weeks. And the reason I hadn't was because first it was too hot. Then they started robbing each other. Every time I opened the colony, they'd all just start. This was in early, kind of late July when I realized the flow had finished. Right. I'd open the colonies. I wasn't putting extracted supers or anything back on it would set off a robbing frenzy, an actual frenzy, like not just a few little bees. So I'd close them back down. And then there were the wasps. Every time you open them up, well, there are already wasps in there as you're pulling combs out. So, I mean, I've just been, I've only opened them to check Varroa, see if they've got enough to eat and then just leave them alone. Um, I mean, and I know it hasn't been like that for everyone. I've, because I think there's just been no forage available where I am, that the robbing has just been on an unprecedented scale. No, right, okay. Mm, really, really bad. And um, but I learned some, I learned some good techniques. But before I share what I've learned, I'm interrupting you. No, no, no that's, you. that's pretty really. I think um, alcohol washes work beautifully. Oh yeah, yeah. As long as you don't accidentally pull the alcohol over yourself is it 100 bees 300 300 right and um did you pour it no no so i i I, I use um 
I should write down the products I use. You can buy it off the internet. It's essentially, uh, it's a it's for alcohol washes. So it's got little it's yellow perspex, transparent plastic tub. And it's got a little yellow cage in it that you put your 300 bees in. Then you put the cage in the body of the shaker and screw the lid on and all the alcohol is in the body. Mm-hmm. And you shake it, kills all the bees, you squirrel it around and all the varroa drops drop to the bottom. So I was, I was using that quite happily. And then I thought, right, okay, I'm going to pour the alcohol back into its little container to, to put it back in my car. Uh, and um, <laughs> I'm just a bad shot. I just poured it. It just felt it just it just went all over me. So then I <laughs> so then I absolutely stank of um medical <laughs> alcohol. And it was, yeah, I was lucky the police didn't stop me. Excuse me, sir. I can smell <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> yeah, but it, but but alcohol wash works really well. I mean, once mm. you're over the uh, the unfortunate reality you're killing bees. Uh, it's really well, really well because you want less than three, three percent. Yeah. So less than three. Yeah. So you might three or less. More than six mites. Yeah. So you shake it. You know, you, you swirl it around. The mites kind of die and they fall off the the alcohol. Kind of promotes them falling off the, the body of the bee. They go through the grid, so they're separated from the bees. They land on the bottom. You unscrew the lid, take out the cage with all the dead bees in it. And then you just either hold the lid up, hold the the jar up and look up, or you put it on top of something right. and look down, and you just count. And if you get to it, mite number seven, you treat. And yeah. if you treat, you treat the entire apiary. Yeah. Absolutely. But do you know, okay, so I know the alcohol wash is the most accurate way yeah. of measuring, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. So the sugar rolls... I, do you know, that has transformed my whole, what's the word, e- my methodology. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds grandiose again. Um, but it I really it really has about um, monitoring varroa in my colonies because putting those varroa trays in, to me, almost became a pointless exercise. They're really slow. They're really slow. And you come back and either the wind has blown it off or like some bees just clean it all up. Um, so those sugar rolls, to have an instant mm. result, I just loved it. Like I couldn't stop doing it. <laughs> I was going around <laughs> and then went to my other apiary to do it over there. Um, it was just really, really good. I think that's a brilliant little test. Um, but, I mean, you know, in principle, it's like when you test for Nazima, you, you have to kill some bees to test to save the colony. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't have an issue with yeah. it, but but I know years I've lost. I know for a fact I've lost bees because I didn't know how many varroa in, and I don't really think it matters what technique you monitor with. Mm. You monitor the technique. You find a technique that works for you that you like using, right? But I think it's just important you monitor them. So I, mm. I didn't like the board. I like those boards during the winter. I like putting the boards in. They're really useful. And pulling them out because you can see what the bees are doing. Oh, yeah. no, there's loads of cappings. Yeah. I, I, they're but, still alive. They're yeah. still alive or the raising brood. Yeah. Without opening the hive, you get really good just from the, the crap that falls out of the hive into mm. the board. You you know what's going on. Um, but as a method to measure Varroa, 
I'm honestly just too lazy to stand there for 10 minutes trying to work out, okay, is that a, is that a Varroamite or yeah. is that another? It's just. you can, If you've got like a big colony, there's going to be a lot of debris on the floor. Yeah. And okay, I, I know you can do a three-day drop or a five or a seven, whatever. So, you know, even if I did a three-day drop and there was less debris, you've still got to, you know, with the pen go through it. And yeah. I, I don't think it's reliable. And the reason I must have a reliable method is that I don't automatically want to treat all my colonies unless they need it. Now, that's my philosophy mm. is that I like to see what the Varroa load is and take action if I need to. But actually in practice this year, I've done what you said, which is treated them all at the same time. Um, just because, you know, some of them didn't need it and some of them did, but do them all, I think. I'm treating all just because I don't want, I don't want to treat a hive and then drift to bring exactly. more Varroa in. Yeah. And treat the apiary. I, obviously, if you've got dozens of hives, it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. But sadly, I don't. Know, if you've got you know, <laughs> yeah. 12 to 16 hives, yeah. I'm going to just treat them all. But I just mm. think it's the monitoring, it's, the, it's having a, a technique so you, you can with confidence say my hives have got lots of varroa not much varroa yeah definitely and to be able to pinpoint it in about five minutes yeah is is such a revelation it's good isn't it it's It's really really good in fact do you know of of all the things that i did and learned this year i i would say that was one of the best and this is going to sound really strange but i actually enjoy doing them (laughs) Like I just, I, I find it fascinating, you know, cause you think you've got an idea of what a colony is going to be like. And when you're shaking those mites out into the tub with the icing sugar and you're seeing them coming out, you're getting a very different picture of, well, you might be getting a very different picture of what you thought. So I, I just think they're brilliant and they're cheap and they're easy and you can, you don't have to buy a kit. You could go and get the stuff yourself. You can buy them anyway, don't they? The jars yeah. you can buy. Just, you can make them. You look on the internet and people make them out of peanut butter jars. Yeah, I mean, it's really a bit of, you, know, you cut a hole in the lid and you glue a bit of Varroa mesh to it. Yeah. I was so, I loved it so much I wrote a blog about it. I know you did. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. With pictures. With pictures. Got, I, I'm trying. <laughs> I've got a picture of your marked queen. Oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> The queen I marked with my red pen, but I've managed to draw, uh, I don't know how much paint up on the queen, but I put loads of paint on the brood. So the next time you look in it, you probably can see loads of red. Oh, don't worry. I find red's the worst, actually. Of red's all of hard them. to spot, isn't it? Oh, Blue, I, blue's not very good either. Blue's not good. Green's not good. Yellow and Yellow white. Yellow and white are the, yeah. ones we, <laughs> the ones we want. Um, but, I mean, so, yes, the, uh, the sugar roll things learned that brilliant um learned not to take the flow for granted big learning for me this year um i just got a bit complacent thinking oh they'll be right um nothing bad has happened to them but do you think that's because you didn't inspect them if you inspected them you would have known there was no flow i think well i think what i did was I, i i realized there was no flow in about the second week in july there was nothing coming in and that's when i contacted everyone and said what's going on and they're all like it's all stopped, and that included the blackberry, which is a big thing for my bees. Mm. So the lavender and the blackberry are never – they never finished together, but they did this year. So it's like something I had just sucked all of the nectar out of everything, 
probably the 30 degree temperatures. Um, so I knew that and I left enough honey on there for them. And then I didn't, I only looked at them like little sneaky peaks for, you know, kind of two weeks apart because, um, I, I, you know, I was finding strange things like, um, my best colony, the queen completely stopped laying. Um, I went in there. It was just, it was dessert. It felt like it was deserted. There were bees everywhere, but there was no brood at all. And I think she, it must've just been the heat because now everything's fine again and she's still there and everything's normal. Um, so things like that. I lost a queen in one colony. She just disappeared, a colony that was in the sun. So I think that must have affected her. But it was just, it was so hot in my apiary, <clears throat> excuse me, that I took our umbrella, you know, from our patio chairs, took that umbrella down to my apiary, had wet towels. I was like putting watering cans of water over them and they were all outside bearding a couple of the hives like massively. So I just think I didn't want to open them under those circumstances. I knew they were okay. I knew they had stores. So it, I, yeah, I just, I got a bit off kilter by assuming that the nectar flow wouldn't finish until the first week in August. It just stopped. <laughs> so mm. that was weird. Although, although it's still warm, but it's raining now. So Yes. So maybe, I don't know if things will start. Do you think there's going to be a monster ivy flow? Probably. When's that? November? No, it's not so, I would say September, September October. Um, but but I'm talking, so that was my uh, fee, um, bees on the lavender field. My other bees. Poo bees. My poo farm bees were brilliant they weren't affected by it at all because they had all the trees you know down the road in the park they were absolutely fine uh, it's just a shame that most of my hives are on the lavender that, and so that site's got it's unmanaged though isn't it it's unmanaged there's a massive diversity of forage nectar how many, and pollen how many acres is it oh god no i don't i do know this it's a lot over 100 isn't it yeah so you got over 100 acres of completely unmanaged yeah. pasture, basically. Yeah. yeah. Loads of trees. With I got lime honey from there. You um, love lime honey. I love lime. I'm, I've never had it before. I was so excited about it. Um, but so I think, yeah, I, I kind of maybe just took my off the ball and assumed everything was going to be great. Um, and then I had to deal with really bad robbing as a result as well. So I couldn't open the hives, as I said. Um, but I've got some new techniques for robbing, which really Ooh. worked. What? Better than the robbing screens? Well, the robbing sque screens. <laughs> the robbing screens, screens are great. They're great. But I used those and I got a towel, like a sheet or a towel, and I, I just draped it over the hive with the kind of bottom of the towel hanging just below the entrance. And you could see straight away all the bees that lived there would just go up under the towel or sheet. Oh, okay. And the robbers, you could see them zigzagging around in front. So how does that work? So you hang a towel off the roof, yep. draped over the front of the hive. Yeah, down over the entrance. And there's a gap between the front of the entrance and yep. the towel. Because it'll naturally fall in like folds. Okay. And you can see the bees that live there. They just don't even think twice. They just fly straight up into the entrance. That's but obviously cool the robbers are – I got that from, um, from a honeybee suite – there was a great list of um, 
techniques that you can use to deal with robbing. And I had a massive robbing. You know, when everyone, I don't know if you've ever had this happen, when a colony starts robbing, you've got a colony open um, and they, they just, all start robbing. They just pour out. They all start, and then and then it goes, you can see it going from, every, from one colony to another, every colony in the apiary. It's a horrible, horrible feeling. I had one like that. Um, I hadn't even done anything, you know, it was just one of those things. And um, I put the robbing screens on, put the sheets over the colonies, and the next day it was fine. Oh, wow. It just completely stopped it. I mean, I don't know what completely stopped it, but I think those things contributed. That sounds, uh, okay, I'm going to use that one then. (coughs) Excuse me. I'm going to steal that one. It's a really good thing to have up your sleeve. Because I hate Quite robbing, down. it stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> a towel. Um, I, I, I tell you I learned off you this year, because um, how to close down a polynuke entrance. Oh, yeah. Ah, so the well, disc I, entrance, you, oh, half, yeah, yeah. you half cover the... I never thought about that. I've used that now on that, that week. Yeah. So you half close the entrance using the disc. It's amazing how little how small the front door can be for bees. I, I've, I used to read things which said reduce it down to one bee way or whatever, and you'd think, well, okay, well, that's about this big, but it's it's a tiny space. They're just kind of, you know, just so they can get past each other. Because you leave your entrance reduces in all year, don't you? You don't mm. take them out. Mm. I do, although I did recently because of the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I think they like a small front door. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I have read things about how in the wild they want this, that, and the other, but I mean, obviously they're not in the wild no. <laughs> in my apiary, but I, I think they like it. <laughs> I'll ask them. <laughs> so, um, okay. So that's it. I think we've, um, trying to think. So we visit each other's eyes. We kind of, we yeah. did actually, we've kind of got a few gold stars for this. I think we've got loads of gold stars. Yeah. We've made things happen. We've done what we said we did. Shocking. Yeah. Cannot continue. Um, and now we're getting ready to go to the Honey Show. So the Honey yes. Show is on September. Yes. I can't remember which day. It's like. I need to double check it a bit. And the agenda is published. You can buy tickets from the 1st of September and the agenda's up and running now. Which is looking good. So, Are you going to compete? No. Why? The effort. Oh, God. Beekeeping's effort. I know. It's enough effort that I don't want to put wax <laughs> okay. and honey. And right. oh, I got honey. This, actually, I didn't. I got honey this year. Oh, God, yeah. There and your honey fair. is really lovely. So I've been having it on my porridge with the blackberries that have taken over the our back garden. Nice. Oh, God, it's delicious. And and did you see the stuff in the news yesterday about, I, I mean, I, I didn't read the whole story, but the he- headline went something like this, don't take antibiotics, eat honey. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, for colds. Yeah. Or, yeah, anything. Because mm, <laughs> when, when um, Kay, my wife, tried to give you a jar, what was the thing you didn't want it because it... Well, I felt like it was bad luck because, not not bad luck. Explain I felt this, it was bad. I've never heard this before. Explain this, uh, this why you shouldn't take honey off other beekeepers. Some, well, no, no. It was like, if you've taken honey off your bees, which I had, mm. you shouldn't then take it from a beekeeper. And it was a, it was a very old man who told me that. 
when I first started beekeeping and he, he, I don't know, he made it sound like it was folklore, but I don't know if it is. So you shouldn't take honey twice. Yeah. Like if your bees have given it to you, then don't take it from someone else's bees. There wasn't a rhyme or anything that went with it. No, I was, I'm, it's a shame. That would have been really cool. Because he also told me, what, what is it? A swarm in May is worth a bale of hay. Oh, yeah. No, a swarm in June is worth a silver spoon. Yeah. A swarm in July isn't worth a fly or something like that. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. I just think swarms are a pain. Yeah, they are actually. I don't like them. They're like... <laughs> you don't like swarms, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I, yeah. I don't like collecting them and obviously don't like having them. And I don't know, some people seem to think they've got magical powers. If you get a swarm, <laughs> that swarms like some, it's some sort of super bee because it's swarm. It's just might just be a really swarmy just, bee. Yeah. And it'll just swarm again the next day as soon yeah. as you put it in a hive. If I'm going to get bees, bring bees into my apiaries. I, I like to have them off people I know that mm. I trust aren't giving me some sort of devil bee. They're actually good bees, right? Yeah. Are you going to buy any queens? Am I going to, to buy mix queens? into your gene pool? I may do. I may do. I don't think I will next year, but I can't. I can't see why I wouldn't. I mm. might buy some um, some really good buck fast, buck fast breeders in the UK. Mm. And um, there's there's the, the Payne's bees. You know, you just buy those. They're they're really good bees. They're good for making honey. And there's a couple of other breeds I wouldn't mind. Seem to be yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I need it at the moment. No, you've got... There's loads of bees around enough there. Enough going on, haven't yeah, you? There's loads of bees around there. There's, um, on the farm, I should take a picture of it, there's those two, uh, what are the traditional hives called? Skeps. No, the ones that look like pagodas. WBC. WBC hives, the, yeah, the, the postcard hives. There's two of those in the farmer's woods. Oh, You've yeah. You've seen those, haven't you? They've I got, saw those ones, yeah. You know, wild or feral bees in there all the time, and they constantly swarm into my spare kit in my apiary, but they're awful because they die. And yeah. one this year swarmed in. I thought, oh, I've got three bees, great. Yeah. And she swarmed directly into an empty hive onto comb, onto draw comb. So that was as perfect as you could get. Left them alone about eight weeks later. And they were, I, mean, I looked at them, they would lay in and, and cap in eight weeks later they superseded queen didn't mate died <laughs> so, okay thanks <laughs> so now i've got this <coughs> yeah so I, and I'm, i don't want to distribute it because i don't know i don't know where they've come from or i wonder where they have come from they've come i'm pretty sure they come from those hives but they they every year i get a swarm yeah in that apiary are those hives are they really dilapidated I've not opened them. We were going to go and open it up, and I've not yeah, opened them. I can't remember them. what happened. I know, I know there were bluebells up there, so it must have been pretty early. Yeah. I like it. I just like the spring. fact they're up there. Yeah, that's nice. The farmer keeps going, she go up there and, you know, take them out of the hive. And I thought, well, mm. I don't need, <laughs> I don't, I've got enough of my own, and I don't really want to spend two hours. Because they're under a tree, aren't they? Under like a – they're not easy to get to. I don't really want to spend two hours hacking away at whatever that hive looks like inside and find out, you know, they've they're got the same temperament your bees have got. <laughs> I was holding that cough in <laughs> and you have to go and provoke me. 
Um, I'd be, ch- be chased down listen, the fields. How many people? Are, 51 people, bee safaris. How many stings? Zero. Not one because my bees are lovely, Paul. I must admit that, that we, we inspected them. Apart from the one that's in the wild comb honey, they were... I think the only reason they were grumpy, honestly, was that they built so much brace comb that just opening the hive was a... I don't like them. That's why I haven't looked at them. You don't like them? I just don't like them. Are they always a bit grumpy? I just have no They're productive, bond though. with them at all. I mean, they've, they've filled every inch of that. I mean, if they make some honey, then I might There's like them. Of- <laughs> <laughs> You're so mercenary. I don't know. I just think they're kind of strangers to me. I know that's my fault because I haven't actually looked at them all year. But <laughs> but I had other things to do. Yeah. It's really bad, isn't it? I should have looked at them. Okay. I've treated them. I'm treating them along with everyone else. What are you treating with this year? Um, Apivar. Okay. Which what, what's, what's got that guy in it? Now, Apivar I, I asked you, is last, last Amitraz. Episode, you were asking me what was in it. I have no idea. So there's Apitraz and Apivar. Right. And they are both, they both use Amitraz as the active ingredient. But to confuse things, there's also something called Apilifevar, Vervar. Right. <laughs> which is not Amitraz. It might be Timol, actually. But I'm not sure about that. But it is, it's causing a lot of confusion, this whole, this whole thing. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking about only using licensed varroicides this year because it's... Um, what unlicensed ones were you using? Dihydrate, oxalic acid. You mean the, the one that works? So you're not going to use that one? You are such a law-abiding citizen. <laughs> well, I'm, I really want to do this exam next year that I've been talking about for the past 10 years. Oh, yeah, you're doing the husbandry one. Are mm. you going to do that down the poo farm? I don't know whether to do it at the poo farm oh, or the lavender farm. You should do it on a really hot day when the uh, smell of the sewage <laughs> is really high because they'll, they'll just rush through the exam. Do you know, I love that site. That's a great site. And the um, Canadian geese... They've put this big area of turf down just for the geese. Guard geese. And they, they come and, and I'm, I'm inspecting the bees and they're just, you know, 10 metres away. Excellent. All settling down for the night. It's great. I just love it. And I, I love the people there as well. They're really interested and really nice. Thames Water. Mm. We love you. I do love them. I hope they have me back next year. Is it like a one-year rolling gig? It was a six-month audition. <laughs> we need to get the ecology guy on our podcast to talk about Ian, how they, yeah yeah Ian. he's he so cool. interesting yeah he knows so, well obviously knows so much about you know regenerating these used spaces i would like to be a beekeeper who puts my bees where other people don't want to like sewage farms like sewage farms and, and rubbish tips and rubbish tips <laughs> i'd yeah. like the fact you said oh, 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 someone else has offered me another site <laughs> where's that oh it's in a it's in a dump <laughs> It's in a waste reclamation. It's very interesting as well. It's really interesting, all this stuff. Well, no one goes. It's like quite, there's a quarry on the back of our farm. It's just hundreds of acres of unmanaged land. Great yeah. for bees. Great yeah. for wildlife. It, it is. And also, it's like, as a race on this planet, we, we have created these things in order to deal with our waste. Mm. 
So it's interesting to kind of see what they're planning for the future to try to minimise yeah. all of this, the volume of what we It was we funny when of. you first met that sewage work. <laughs> and you, said, right. you said, you can go here, you can go there. Don't walk over there because you'll fall in the pit and you'll <laughs> die and we'll never find you. <laughs> I said, oh, has anyone ever done that? He goes, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's Adrian. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, that was funny. So if you're a mafiosi and you don't want to hide, hide the evidence, you'd go to a sewage. <laughs> I'm crossing myself. Um, that was that was just after I broke my ankle. So oh, yeah, yeah. remember, I could I could hardly get out of the crutches. car and stand up for 15 minutes. Yeah, I remember that. It was really, really awful. So it's really nice to think I can go from that to actually being able to walk again. <laughs> so how is your leg? It's yeah. It's I've been discharged now. I got discharged this week. All oh, right, honourable discharge. Give <laughs> you a little medal. Yeah, I should get a medal after what I've been through. But um, so that's it now. That's you've done that. You've broke that leg three times so far. Yeah, so far. Not gonna do it again, are you? In T- my life, touch all the wood. I'm, I'm touching everything. Um, no, so I would like I would like to put bees on the rubbish dump. Yeah, on places where people go. Oh, I don't want to work there. People always say. Oh, was it really smelly at Pooh Farm? And I... <laughs> I just like that we call it Pooh Farm. <laughs> and I say, well, no, it depends which way the wind's blowing. And even when the wind does blow my way, it doesn't bother me. And the bees do brilliantly there, and that's the best argument for it. They're much more vigorous. I, it's made me look at the ones at the lavender fields and just think, okay, I've got that number there. It's ne- they've never really been successful at increasing the number of hives. I think that what I've got on that side at the moment is never going to grow because the forage just can't support it. Also, it's quite shady where you are, isn't it? I, mean, mm. the, I think bees do best in a bright, yeah, warm. They do get the sun. There's like a little, but some of them aren't. Some the ones around the corner. Yeah, but it's in shade. like a corner, isn't it? With trees mm. over the top of it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty quite. Whereas Poo Farm, they're in direct sunlight all day, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Just brilliant. Love it. Good. What else have we got to talk about? Um, well, I think Cause, we cause We didn't make any to... notes before we did this podcast because we're pros. <laughs> we decided to do it over bacon and eggs. Let's do the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it, Paul, because, you know, we wanted to talk about Achieving our goals. Gold stars. We've got massive gold stars. <laughs> Even if we do so far. So. <laughs> I might have a swig of that whiskey, I think, to celebrate. Well, I have a selection of whiskeys. You can pick one. <laughs> whiskey makes me go crazy, though. That's the only thing. Um, but I will. I will have one, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have lost them. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Honey Show coming up. I'm looking forward to that. We I will first, be there. First time last year. I didn't go. I didn't go uh, on the. Cause it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, isn't it? I didn't go on the Friday because I was working, but I'm definitely going this Friday. And we're going to see if we can get a special guest star interview. Yeah. Because we had Bob last year, and he was brilliant. He is brilliant. He's a class guy, and we'll we'll see if we can get someone equally as mm-hmm. brilliant. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We can go. We can go to the bear and have fish finger sandwiches for lunch. Yeah. That worked a treat. I can't wait. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, you can uh, reach us at our website, which is thebeehivejive.com. You can follow us on Twitter if you want, which is also thebeehivejive.com. And uh, 
Cheerio. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. about the uh April oh visits. yeah April visits because I've been to yours you've been to mine yeah you've been to one of mine oh okay so you haven't come to Pooh farm yet so <laughs>